I just want to thank these guys. You have no idea how hard they've been working. Uh, and we put a new um, recording studio at the house so these guys can practice and record. And uh, my son is a musician, so he's, I'm seeing a lot more of him these days than I used to at the house, which is nice. And it's the coolest thing. I'm sitting on the back patio yesterday and with the door open. And, you know, they, three hours they rehearsed to bring you guys um, that experience. And I'm grateful, JJ, for what all you guys, what you're doing. The whole team, the early team that comes, I'm just mindful of how much effort it takes um, to be prepared to worship and break all this down. And uh, we, we, we are, you know, the amount of the people in their heart and their willingness to serve, and they're blessed by it. So I, I would encourage you um, to find a way to serve, not, not out of discipline, but just out of your very nature of, of where you love to serve somewhere in the kingdom, whether it's here or someone else. Um, it's, it's, it's a real blessing. And it's a way that God helps develop us. And you never know the difference you're going to make in somebody's life uh, that could change their trajectory forever. And we were talking a little bit about that today. Tony Evans changed mine at a conference years ago. And uh, we were talking about that a little, little, little while ago. So I have been in... Um, diving in deep, reading, studying, and trying to think about this series of uh, what God wanted to say to me personally and, and how I can pour that out to you guys. And So my prayer is it's his words, not my words today. And this series is just going to be about behavior. So once, you're, once you've um, accepted the gospel, that, that Christ was fully human, fully God, that we needed a Savior, that without Him we're lost, um, condemned, and that once we believe and accept Christ and, and we've made that public commitment and bap through baptism and, and through that prayer, um, that's the gospel, you know, that we're lost without Christ, that He was who He said He was, that He, 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 he died and was resurrected and is seated at the right hand. Then we start that journey. And what does that look like? So this next week's, we're just going to look at behavior. So after you're saved and you start this journey, and I, I would, what I've learned is that the journey starts long before you're saved. It starts the day you're born. The Lord puts in us a desire to know our Creator. And you see it all over the world. Everyone has a desire to know their Creator. And that manifests itself and, and God is drawing them in. And our, our hope is that they all find the one true God and they find Christ. And there's no denying that. So, you know, our goal is to try and help people by being contagious. And what does that look like to be a contagious Christian? So let's, let's dig in a little bit. So I love this image of, you know, with, uh, with the line, and stay real. And that sounds... Cool is hard. It's, it's, uh, it's hard, but it's certainly attractive to be humble, original, and real. And I know we have a lot of original people around here. I've, just look at the mustache. I love it. I mean, that's, that's my haberdasher, by the way, Austin. He's, he, uh, he didn't pick this one out, but he did pick the shirt. Thank you for that. Oh, Carrie did. Um, yeah, she bought it. She bought it. I paid for it. She bought it. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. That wasn't humble. 
All right. <laughs> Galatians 5, 25 through 26. And I love this in both the message and the NIV. In the NIV, since we, since we live now, so now we're saved, right? Now what? So now we, we live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying of each other. And the message expands that a little bit and says, since, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or sentiment in our hearts. But it works out its implications in every detail, every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. And this is my favorite part. Each of us is an original. You know, social media um, today is a new challenge because it, it constantly has comparison stuff going on. And it's hard. It's hard for our kids. Uh, super hard. I think that's one of the reasons our kids are struggling, a lot of them, with depression and social anxiety and, you know, because it's just constantly in their face and it's not real. You know, that be real slide, Facebook's not real. Facebook is a fantasy life. Uh, it's, all, it's, it's the best snippets, you know, it's, it's the touch-up of our life. It's not the real life. Uh, and the real life, frankly, is richer and better. You know, it's better that we struggle and have problems and challenges as a family, and we have to work through those together. That's what, that's what binds us together. Um, most of us, if, we, if we, we understand that when we've gone through tragedy or trials and we come out of that, um, those that were in it with us were closer to, were, were stronger. Uh, and those relationships are deeper because now we have this history of they were there with me when I went through that. And you go on to the next trial. You know, Howard, Howard and I have been together, working together for a long time. And it's just, we finish each other's sentences. Uh, we've been through so many trials. The level of trust is so incredibly high. It's the most special thing you can imagine. That's what God wants in our relationships. Uh, this concept of an original. Now, that's the other problem with Facebook. You know, you're you. We're you. We're who we are. We don't need to be worried about what everybody else is doing or where they're going or, or what their life is. Uh, the other part of this that's really important that has been impressed on me for six months now, the Lord's just been hammering me. And everything I read, I see this. And, and that is that um, you cannot project your gifts onto somebody else. And as a, think about that as a father and you're a gifted athlete and you, you're, you, know, you have that first son that's born and man, man, he's going to be, I, I'm going to share everything I've learned with him about my football prowess, you know, and how I run routes and, you know, all those things. And, um, and he, didn't, he, he starts to develop. He doesn't want anything to do with it. And he's, you know, Dad, I'm all, I'm all music or I'm all art or I'm all, you know. And as a, as a dad, and you, if you push and project and make him go do it anyway, you know, it usually doesn't end well. So when we, and, and you make them feel guilty that they don't measure up. So when we project 
our gifts onto people. Even in the church, you know, um, people that are prone to public speaking or leadership or deep dives, you know, they're, they wind up up here, and, uh, and then they want to project that onto you. And for a lot of people, that may not be, you know, they may be on a completely different track with God in a completely different way they relate to God. And, you, you know, it's, so who are you in Christ? And that's what this journey is all about. And there are, look, the Bible's the Bible. I'm not arguing that we change anything, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for lukewarm Christianity. The Bible's pretty clear about that. Um, but I think there are many in the church who are happy to love God and have an intimate relationship with them, and they don't, they're not going to serve necessarily in the church, but maybe in their family. They're that one special person to a dying aunt or an aging parent that needs love. Uh, my aunt, uh, Carrie's Aunt Dee Dee, never married. She was always taking care of somebody. She gave up that opportunity to do that. Um, she was serving there. So you're you. I can't tell you how you're going to connect to God. I just know that it's good. You know, I know if you can find your way to connect to him, it's going to be good. And, the, and, and, and these behaviors, um, your very nature can change. That's what I'm learning. Your very nature, I'm a very different person today. Things that used to be a discipline, some, some areas of my life where the Lord's truly changed me from the inside out, the Holy Spirit, it's, it's it, your very nature changes. It's no longer a discipline thing. You just are a, a different person. And we're going to talk some more about that. And then Proverbs, the path of, righteous, of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter till the full light of day. So picture that. So it's morning and the sun's coming up and, and that, that great light is starting to, you know, to trickle through. And if you're an early riser, you get to experience that every morning. If you're not an early riser, imagine a sunset. And it'll come around. <laughs> it's going to come around and get you the next day. Okay? So uh, this, I was reading this, this book about contrarian, the Contrarian's Guide to Knowing the Holy Spirit. This pastor named Osborne wrote it. And he has a concept I really like, so I'm stealing it. So I'm giving him credit for stealing this concept. But, you know, he said all of us are like a, you know, with God are like a dimmer switch. And when we, when we come into the kingdom and we start our walk, um, it's, it's like the light switch is coming up and more truth is being revealed to us. And we can only walk by the truth we know. We, and so if, your dimmer switch is way up because you're way down, you're into the walk. And you run into somebody who's brand new in the faith and their dimmer switch is just coming up. Uh, you, 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 number one, you don't want to unload you know, your 10 years of dimmer switch going up on them. They're not ready for that. And I think we scare people. And the, the Lord has everyone at a different place. And it's, you know, it's good just to hear where they are. And, and let them go on their walk. Let the Holy Spirit do their thing. If they have questions, sure, answer them. But not to have an expectation that everybody's got to go from zero to 100 um, all at once. You know, it's again, it's that, it's that gift projection. Your gift, your talents, your light, your light dimmer switch is at a different spot. And so, you know, it's just the billions of people in the world are all at a different place as to how much truth, how much light they see. 
And we, we need to give people time to develop, our own kids time to develop, you know, and be patient. Let the Holy Spirit do its thing. And I, I, think, I think that's that humility, being humble enough to trust the Holy Spirit and to be patient. Um, so here we go. I like these quotes. Uh, Matthew 6.16, and we'll come back to these quotes. This is an, an, another just reinforcement from Scripture of what humility looks like. So when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others their fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. And, you know, we, we probably all do this. We're, we're like, man, I've done so much. They don't appreciate me. I've done so much for whatever, the, whatever the ministry is, whatever the, you know, you, you name it. And um, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it, is it for recognition or is it for God? And I think as a church body, um, we have to be careful about that. Why are we, why, why are we here in the community? You know, are, are we here um, to help people on their walk humbly? And, you know, one thing I know about God, if it's his, he'll grow it. We're not going to grow it. Uh, if it's good and it's love and people are coming and learning and moving along on their walk and that love's pouring out of them, and to their neighbors, uh, this, this place will be full and overflowing. Not, not because of anything we've done, um, but because the gospel's real, and it changes people's very nature. And when they're starting to be changed, and they benefit from that, they want everyone in the world to know about it. You know, particularly a new Christian, they're so excited to share because there's this dramatic change that goes on where they turn their back on their sin, and they start, they start that new life. And they still struggle with those temptations and maybe even fall. Um, but they're forgiven and they know they're forgiven. That's what we want to be. So we, we, we as, a, as individuals in the church body are called by God, you know, just quietly do our thing. And let our love, let our behavior be our marketing effort, you know. Um, in a world where we're getting really sophisticated at marketing, it's really tempting to dive into that. And it's difficult. I don't know what the right balance is uh, in a church. Um, but but I, I do know that if we love well, we're going we're gonna to grow. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, hey, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites in the synagogues and in the street to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have already received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving, so that your giving may, may be in secret. Um, then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Um, I, I love that concept. And I don't always probably practice it perfectly. But I, I, I think it's cool to think about what are all the rewards that we're storing up when we're done. On, and and be excited about that reward, that whole idea of, you know, as believers, that's where we believe wholeheartedly that this is short, man. This is dew on the grass. We're on this earth. But when we get to the other side, and if you've ever ushered in a family member who loves God to the other side, you know how sweet that process is. I'm, ex I'm excited for that day just to see, you know, because God's keeping track of, unfortunately, everything, Right? He, he, he forgives to the point because we're believers, it says that he doesn't even remember our bad stuff. But 
the time you were kind to a widower or an orphan, or you had a kind word for somebody, or you did something for someone with no expectation of anything in return. That's, that's, being, that's what's contagious about, about our faith. When, when we're just, you know, people just discover by accident how we've cared for others. Um, what are Christians, these are some quotes from some interesting people. Um, what are Christians known for? Well, outsiders think that our moralizing and our condemnations and our attempts to draw boundaries around everything. Even if these standards are accurate and biblical, they seem to, to be all we have to offer, and our lives are a poor advertisement for the standards. We've set the game board to register lifestyle points. Then we're surprised to be trapped by our mistakes. The truth is we have invited the hypocrite in us. So it's, you know, people are hurting. There's, there's a lot of stuff in our families and in our histories. Uh, people are hurting, and they, 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 they want to know they can come to a place and work through that hurt work through what their struggles are. And we want to be that kind of place, right, where people can come and, and be transparent that they're struggling. Um, the main thing between, uh, John Gerstner, he's, the main thing between you and God is not so much your sins, it's your damnable good works. You know, um, we get all puffed up in the church. Uh, when, and, and it's good to be excited, don't get me wrong, but, uh, uh, but why do we do it? You know, do we do it out of pride um, or, or because we want to be respected? Um, or can we remind ourselves that we're doing it because Christ died for us? He paid an incredible price for us. And, and, and it's, it's all done. All the work's done. All we have to do is, is walk in our gifting, walk in what we're good at, find a place to serve. Um, and then John Newton, everybody know who John Newton is? He's the guy, he was the, at 11 years old or 9 years old, his mom died. This was, and he wound up on a slave ship most of his life, and he wrote Amazing Grace. And it's a very, it's a fascinating story about his life, and um, what a, what a, what a great story. And then he became um, a teacher and just a really cool guy. And he says, I, he says, I endeavored to renounce society that I might avoid temptation. So as a believer, he's like, society's terrible. You know, you go out that door, it's awful. You know, stay in the bubble. Um, he said, but it was a poor religion so far as it prevailed, only intended to make me gloomy, stupid, unsociable, and useless. So we're, we're, we're not called to extract ourselves from, from the world. We're, we're called to dive in and um, get in the mix of all of it, love people well, and remember, they're on a journey they may not even know it yet. We believe all people are God's creation, every single one of them, and he's drawn every one of them in. So even if they haven't yet made a commitment to Christ, um, he's drawing them in. And love them well. We don't need to argue with them. You know, if, if there, there, are, there are Buddhists who love the grace message, and they are seeking God. And the scripture says if we're seeking him, we're going to find him. So I have all the confidence in the world in my Buddhist friend who's seeking God that he's going to find Christ. And I don't know when. But I trust God and I trust the Holy Spirit and I know he's a, he's a loving God. So I don't need to, I don't have to pound them with tracks or whatever, you know. I just need to love on them well and we're on this journey. And maybe that dimmer switch will, will come up in their life a little bit because I didn't try and convert them, you know. I just loved them well. And, and hopefully over time those conversations will come up.
Do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And the measure you use will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Man, are we good seeing everybody else's blind spots. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we, we're really, we, and, and, and we can't see our own because there are blind spots. And, you know, unless, um, unless you have a relationship with your significant other and you give them permission to help you with your blind spots. And, you know, as a, as for me, that's a, that can be hard at times. And some of the very nature that's changed has changed because I have a very loving wife who can very tactfully and lovingly give me feedback so I can see my blind spots. Um, and, and she's gotten really gifted at that uh, uh, without hurting my ego and my pride. Usually, right? Usually. Um, but I, I, you know, we, we, we want to project again, right? I see, we, you know, we, you meet somebody and you, you size them up, you know. Um, what, what are their weaknesses? And it's a bad habit. And you go on Facebook, you know, and it's that same thing. We're comparison, comparison, comparison. And I, I think God wants us to change our very nature to stop that. You know, change our very nature to where we're, we're, we're seeking input in our life from others who we trust, who can give us concepts where we need to work on. Because we all want to progress, right? We all want a self-development orientation. We don't want to be stagnant. And so I think God really wants us to invite others into our life who we trust, who can give us feedback about our blind spots. And what, what, what are those blind spots? Um, I, <laughs> they've done some surveys, and it's pretty comical. Most people actually, you know, we, they, they, there's this movement about self-esteem. Well, I've, I think we've arrived. I mean, mo most people think much higher when they survey kids about whatever their talents or abilities are. They grade themselves way higher. And, and, and I think that's, you know, the scripture's reminding us, hey, don't think too highly of yourself, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Let me give you an example. I think I sing great. And so I keep telling Twig, man, I sing great. You need to let me up on the worship band. And he never says anything. He just, <laughs> very kind. So uh, I'm accepting that as sober Sober judgment. Now, he will let me jam at 2 in the morning with him, uh, I think because everyone's asleep, and it's like okay in the neighborhood to have Bob jamming. Um, but in my mind, man, I'm a great singer. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We need to soundproof the room. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Twig. Yeah, real encourager you are. Yeah. Um, so is it, is it possible to change your very nature? So that discipline is not required. This is me. This is my stuff. So this isn't out of the... I must warn you, this is Bob. This is not scriptural. Now, what is the difference between your very nature being changed and discipline relative to humility? So, we, you know, where are you in this humility conversation? And do, do you need to work on letting the Holy Spirit come in and, and change your very nature so that it's not so much of a discipline or an obedience, where you start to react in humility. And we'll, we'll, we'll give some examples here in a minute. Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit can change our minds and our hearts. A changed mind is a changed life. Don Trey, our, our, our youth director for the wrestling ministry, says that all the time. A changed mind is a, is a changed life. 
change the mind and change the heart, change the very nature of how you react to things. Um, how would your ability to accept feedback from your spouse change if you're truly humble and you've solved this pride problem? What do we hear about men and women and the differences? These comedians, caveman comedians, they, they, we, they really go into detail and they make us laugh. Men crave respect. We're just hardwired to crave respect. And, and so we, we, that manifests itself in a lot of ways. For me, when I was a young dad and my son started doing things that I didn't think were respectful, I reacted very negatively to that. And, and you know, you've offended the family name, you know, uh, or you've offended me. How could you do that? Uh, and, and what was I focused on? I wasn't focused on him and his struggle. Yeah, it was all about me. So that, that my inner reaction wasn't humility, it was pride. And that pride changed my parenting to the point where, how do you think he received that? Now, we have a great relationship today. Thankfully, the Lord has helped me evolve. And, and so it's, a better, it's much better. And it's, in fact, it's awesome. And he's forgiven me for that. And I've asked him for forgiveness. And he's asked me for forgiveness. It's a cool thing. Forgiveness is a cool thing. And really let it go. Um, but, you, you know, what, what's that trigger that where you, you get offended? And it's, those are hard for men in particular. You know, I can speak to that because I get it. You know, I deal with it. And, but I think it's possible to change our very nature to where when we get feedback, particularly from those that are close to us, why is it we react so negatively to those that are close to us? Because we want them to be proud of us. It's that pride thing again, right? We, we want those closest to us to be proud of us. And so when they give us feedback, it hurts. Because now we think, well, they're not proud of us. Well, they love us, and they want us to grow too. Um, do we make it possible for those closest to us to share their struggles? Is our pride in our family, whether it's kids, spouse, wealthness, is that a stumbling block to forgiveness? Are you likely to go tell someone in your family that you're close to that you're struggling with some serious problem, whether it's drug abuse or pornography? or We know it happens. It's all going on in our families. Our kids are being exposed to all kinds of stuff. But do we have so much pride as a Christian family you know, that we don't make it um, acceptable for them to bring that struggle and talk about it without being offended. That's what I worry about, is am I creating an environment inside my home that's sweet and pure and holy, but it's also a place where my kids can come and share their shame? Because when you make those mistakes and you struggle with that sin, you feel shame if you're a believer. And man, that's what the enemy wants. And if you can get our kids feeling shame, um, and our kids are increasingly isolated because of social media. Here you would think it would be the other way around, but it's the opposite. At least that's what the studies show. And so that, that shame, that double life, that shame they feel can lead to all kinds of manifest itself in the way they deal with that. And I think it's our job as parents um, to create that environment where it's okay for them. And they, they can expect forgiveness. They can expect that we're going to love them. It's their life and their struggle. We can't, you know, it doesn't mean we, 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 we tell them it's okay to continue that, whatever it is. But do they know that you're not going to react in pride when they share the struggle they have? Um, I wonder about that. In business, here's another example. Um, we have a set of core values in our company. And 
we don't do it often enough, usually every other year, um, do we survey anonymously our people to ask them, how are we doing relative to our core values? Do they see in us and in the leadership and, and the way the company treats the people that we deal with uh, in alignment with that core values? We need, to, we need to seek input. You know, part of humility is seeking input. So for a business owner, um, we, we express we have these core values, but do we really want to know? And would we do anything about it if someone told us, uh, no, you're not adhering to your core values? You know, what, what would we label that? Oh, they just don't know. You know, they don't really know. They're not close enough to the situation, so they don't know. So are we soliciting uh, feedback? And, and so see the pattern? Are you soliciting feedback from your spouse? Are you making it safe for them to give you feedback in those areas where if you, where you want to grow? So as a believer, Christ and the Holy Spirit can give you the power to change your very nature. That's awesome. The nature to forgive, the nature to be more patient. Um, and when you realize that it's all his, when we let go of our stuff, remember that we, uh, months ago we did one on generosity. And, and what I learned from that is, man, I got to let go of everything. Uh, then, I, then I don't feel anxiety. If, if, if it comes or goes, if, my, if, if, if the uh, financial situation of my family goes through ebbs and flows, man, I want to be consistent. I don't want to worry about that. I want to let go of it. Do I, do I give my kids and surrender them to the Lord so that now I can love them, teach them without judgment as they go through their journey, make their mistakes? Um, that's hard. What does that look like? Um, so I think in business, as a business owner, same thing. Are we soliciting input? Do, do we care what people think? Do we want to develop? There's a sen that's that sense of humility. You know, do we really want to know? Um, and then, you know, lastly, we'll close with these. Are you humble enough to limit secrecy and isolation? Um, what I mean by that is shine the light on your life in every place. And the shameful stuff, the consequences of those sins are mitigated or eliminated. You know, if you're constantly letting people into your life. Now, I'm not suggesting, you know, you, you bring your broadcast all your stuff on Facebook to your whole world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, do you have a, do you have a few people who you love and trust where you can be transparent? You know, that's what I'm talking about. Do you let people in with your struggles? Um, you know, the, where, where, where this gets tough is, um, you know, do, you, do your employees know how successful or unsuccessful your company is? Do you share with them the financial information? You know, um, there's risk in that, right? Um, and, but, I, we, you know, I've worked at a company in Boulder that they, every quarter, they put all, all the numbers up there. Privately held company. Everybody knew exactly. What, how the company was doing. Um, and, and, you know, family dynamics um, are complicated. And, but I, I believe that if you create an environment in your home where it's safe for people to share what their struggles are um, and that there's forgiveness and that there's, there's a willingness, there's no, there's no judgment that they made a mistake uh, behaviorally um, and, and really mean it, you know, where they see it, practice, they test you, you know. Instead of hammering them, they're like, man, I hate it that you went through that. How do we help you? Do you really have a desire to get over that uh, or not? Um, I think we see a lot of sadness and depression, suicide. You know, this 24-hour news cycle, all the texting and video games and isolation 
and secrecy. And I think that's where the enemy meets us. You know, you, you, the guys that, if you ever talk to men, honestly, who travel a lot and are in hotel rooms a lot, particularly when they're younger, um, big struggle, a lot of temptation. And, and good men, you know, who don't want to make mistakes, but because they're isolated and they're away from home and they're alone. So how do you put, how do you bring light to that situation? You know, how do you, how do you bring video chat and worship and whatever? You know, how do you think strategically about, hey, in my family, how do we, how do we think about it? The enemy's on the prowl, right? I mean, that's really true. And if we're not, if we're not intentional about this, being, being humble enough to believe I am susceptible. I am, I am not that, you know, no matter what I think, I am susceptible to the enemy's attack. And he's a prowling lion, and he's looking all the time to devour us. But it makes it really hard for him when you're transparent with those you love. It makes it really hard when you share your struggle, whatever it is, and you create strategies to bring light into those situations. That transparency, it's a form of humility, you guys, that transparency, and it's a good thing. You know, Howard and I do these town hall meetings all the time, and uh, it, it keeps us transparent. It makes us deal with the tough issues that people might have living here. And, it, you know, it's good. It's good. It's a, to us, it's a form of humility. You know, how do we make sure that we're hearing things and, and that we actually care and react to the, to the feedback we get? Um, so I'm, you know, I, I'm not trying to beat our self-esteem with this Romans verse, but I think God is saying, look, we all struggle. You know, we all struggle. And, and the, um, there's such a sweet place that you can get to with your family where um, there's not an expectation that anyone's going to be perfect. There's an expectation that when you struggle and make a mistake, you've got a safe place to go and be encouraged through that struggle, no matter how hard it is, no matter how hard it is. And sometimes your kids will come home and tell you it's tough stuff. You're like, and, it, and you want to react to that and go, you dummy, why'd you do that? And, and what the Lord's showing me is the reaction is, is, wow, I love you. Man, that must be hard. How do I, do you, do you desire not to struggle with that? Do you want me to help you and love you through it? Um, or, or do we ground them and punish them and send them into the corner? You know? and, I, and I don't, I wasn't perfect at that. But, and, you know, Terry was much better at it than I was. So my hope for you this year on your walk, as your dimmer switch comes up, as you, as you don't project onto others, as you're looking in, introspectively at your own plank in your eye, um, that you pray the Holy Spirit changes your very nature in those areas where you struggle. That's my prayer for you. So if, if, if you need prayer for anything like that, um, we, we'll be back here. So when the guys come back up and start singing, someone will be back there. Um, and maybe Dave. No, Dave will be on the drums. So um, somebody take a, a point to go back and, and be available for prayer. Uh, and, and we'll make it happen. Love you guys. Thankful uh, that you let me do this. So, Father, we are so appreciative of your word and your love. Help us to be contagious in our humility as a church body, as business owners, as individuals, as fathers, and as children in our families to be humble enough to ask our parents uh, for help, we pray.